0: It's Todd Feinberg. It's Todd Feinberg. Monday through Friday, 3 till 6 on WTIC News Talk 1080. Alright,
2: here we go. Monday. Oh, there's so much going on that I always want to be talking about. And there's so many themes that are ongoing themes. You know, there's breaking news stuff and there's news stories all the time and then there's old stories that we never talk about that are that dominate us and and uh, I want to talk about well we're going to focus more well let me back up another couple steps I'm sorry to be confusing but the um, the election that took place in Connecticut uh, a few weeks ago confirms the worst fears and that is that the pay-for-vote model obviously works much better than the make-an-argument-for-vote model, and because the Democrats are now, now, they're now purchasing the votes of people with um, all kinds of tax breaks using money that's sent by the federal government, like all this kind of corrupt stuff. That not corrupt in the they should go to jail, although there's an argument to be made, but corrupt in the our system can't function if you create scenarios where it can be totally rigged. It's one thing if you can sort of rig, you can rig little aspects of it, which both parties do on a regular basis. They're always looking for advantage, just like in sports. Uh, I use that analogy all the time. Everybody's looking for an advantage because it's a highly competitive environment. And the, the stakes, the benefits that accrue to those who are the victors are huge. So in that kind of world, it's natural that that you would get to a place where people would figure out how to pay for votes to convince certain blocks of voters to vote for them. And we now have the Democrats successfully doing that with urban dwellers, with um, with union members, state workers. So you're using tax dollars. The Democrat, the state government uses tax dollars to create special interest groups ostensibly to protect the rights of state workers. But why would state workers need the rights protected? And the money that goes to those state workers, a piece of that goes to the special interest group created by the Democrats. And then a piece of that goes to the Democrats. A piece of that goes to the Democrats. The Democrats are paid by the special interest group against which they are supposed to negotiate in our best interest. How can anybody in their right mind think that they are going to negotiate in our best interest when they are business partners with the entity against which they are supposed to be negotiating? I mean, it's the biggest uh what was that that book, The Emperor Has No Clothes. Like it, the the imagery of that book, the idea of the emperor walking around with no clothes on. You know, and and, and, and And nobody says anything. We can all imagine being in that situation where nobody says anything. Because it's not polite to say something about the emperor like that that would be embarrassing. And we feel the same way. We can't say the things that are obvious. And for years, if we do, we've been called racist. Or some other name. But the fact is, we now have a... A blatantly rigged system and we need to figure out a way to get to the bottom of that and, and I've been thinking in reaction to the election okay it's not enough to go on the air it's, it's silly now to go on the air and simply point out the crimes that are committed against democracy by the Democrats all day every day because nobody's interested the power of money going to particular special interest groups tax dollars, unlimited piles of money, and they keep coming back and raising taxes to where it's the most expensive state or second most expensive state in the country to to live in. And nobody cares. They keep re-electing the status quo. Well, then we need a different approach. So, So I think we need to go back and talk about the way government is formed, what was intended for our system of government and what has become of it and see if we can start a movement here of people to understand what's wrong and to have a shared sense of what needs to be done to correct it. So that's what I want to start today with Michael Lebowitz, who's now out of prison and able to speak about liberty with more liberty. Hello there, Michael. Hello. Hello. What are you doing? Are you doing a bit? you doing a comedy bit? Or you can't hear me? Leibowitz can't what hear can me, you, apparently. Todd.
3: I can't hear you.
2: Okay. Roland, can you punch up, press the button that will send my voice to lebowitz if you would. You know the selection, yeah, up there. You got me now, Mike. I got you
3: now, Todd. Okay,
2: good. Thank you, Roland. So, uh, I'm sorry you couldn't hear the introduction, but I was uh, I was talking about how post election we need to we need to know what we're talking about here that's gonna be helpful and I i I think it's important that we present to um the community an alternative uh, way of approaching governance that would take away the ability to rob us blind that is now the favorite way of, of uh, the government to operate and to tell us all kinds of stories and and I think that goes back to the structure of our government and and building one that I think is is more uh, reflecting what was intended by the people who designed ours and trying to get us back at least to that but also to hold out an ideal of what the perfect form of government would be or the closest thing we could find so this is your vocation i think is studying this stuff so tell us a little bit about what you learned in your years of incarceration and and the thousands of books that you read what did you what what was your takeaway from all you're reading about what the best form of government would be.
3: Okay, so to, uh, let me make sure I understand. So what it sounds to me, Todd, is what you want to do is go back to fundamentals. Get to the basics so that we can build upon those and establish the type of society that would be a just society. Uh, am I correct? Am I uh, assumption Well,
2: uh, one that everybody could understand to be a just one, yes, but that requires that people understand the injustice of what goes on right now, that unlimited spending and the average person making an hourly wage, uh, struggling to buy gas and, and to heat the home and, and to buy food, should have to fund a government which recklessly and w- with contempt for the, the how hard it is to exist in the state, just keep spending recklessly and leaving all those fixed costs that they created last year in place while they add new fixed costs this year without regard for the fact that nobody can afford it. I, we need to build an argument for uh, why that's not normal, and everybody should be appalled at that. So two parts, I think, what you said and what I just said.
3: And, and I actually think they connect very well. So I, through all my studies, they haven't quite been thousands of books, Todd, but there, there's been a lot, and through study in economics, philosophy, political philosophy, ethics. I think that it can be summed up in one sentence. If you want to have a just society, you need to ban force from human relationships. Period. I think and What does that important.
2: mean from human relationships? Expand on that well, idea.
3: Well, okay. Well, suppose uh, you're my next-door neighbor and I need to go to the store and I don't have a car everybody would understand that it would be absolutely ridiculous for me to go next door put a gun to your head and force you to take me to the store everybody would see Well, that well, it would, would be, be
2: criminal. criminal it would be beyond ridiculous yeah. we would well, expect the police to come and arrest you
3: Yeah. similarly when todd feinberg got mauled by the whether it's a fish or cat or otter is not really re- relevant but when you got mauled by the wild animal and needed to go to the doctor if you couldn't afford it and then you went and. You Stuck a gun in someone's ribs and said, "You're going to pay for my medical care." Everyone would understand that that was a monstrous crime to commit because you're using force. You can multiply examples indefinitely of mm-hmm. a guy who tries to force a girl to be with him, or a friend trying to force his friend, another friend, to go do something he doesn't want to do, and everybody recognizes immediately that it's wrong.
2: So we the recognize problem- in personal relationships with regard to our individual rights. Yes. That we have the right inherently. And this is what I think was so brilliant about our system of government when it was formed and announced, is that everybody can understand on an intuitive level that that happiness comes from being able to wake up in the morning and do what you choose with your day uh, based on all the pressures that you have and the responsibilities you, that you have, but also the goals that you have and, and what you're Nature is, with regard to what you should be doing each day, and and nobody else has the right to tell you what that should be.
3: Yeah, have you ever seen the movie The Godfather, by any chance? Sure. Okay, do you remember the part in the in The Godfather when Michael Corleone tells his brother Sonny that he wants to be the one to kill Virgil Solazzo? <laughs> Michael had, Michael had been in the military. And his brother, Sonny, told him, you know, this isn't like being in the military where you shoot somebody from a mile away. Mm-hmm. you got to go right up to them, and you get blood all over your beautiful clothes. And that, to me, is what what we're talking about, why in personal relationships everybody understands that this type of force is wrong. But when it's the government that does it, it's the equivalent of a sniper shooting somebody from a mile away. The people are so detached from what's actually occurring that it's The like people in the
2: government don't— relate to the pain that they're causing because no, it's distant and invisible
3: well even more than that though time the people that are voting for the policies right mm-hmm. so you go and vote say you know there's a reform reform no
2: no that's that's very good. so the the person voting for or, or supporting the people who say, let's take another half percent out of, out of your payroll, in an in a new tax so that we can give people twelve weeks off if they uh... have an upsetting event happen in their families you know they they approve of that people support that idea just seeing the benefit without seeing the cost side of it and that's what you're talking about
3: yes now if you were to tell those very people okay You can do this, but we're going to give you the gun, and you can go get it done yourself. My hunch is that the vast majority of people on the planet would not choose to go do so.
2: Yeah, very interesting. All right, hang on one sec. We're going to take a break. We're talking to Michael Leibowitz. We are designing with you a new system of government for the state of Connecticut. Stay with us on WTIC.
0: It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080.
2: Monday afternoon, we're talking about how to save the state and the country and all mankind from living in a situation in which our money is just taken from us for no good reason. And it's not that they don't tell us a good story to get the money from us, but, you know, the, the story is just a story. They have a marketing plan that they know how to do where they run around and talk about how everything will be wonderful. Remember uh, when when Ned was doing the thing on tolls and all of the problems in the state, according to him, depended on on a lack of uh, money coming from the roads and their inability to control how much they could charge you at a particular time of day and all that stuff. You know, it was all about revenue, and it would just, everything would be beautiful if we just had that new source of revenue. And then had it been passed, you know, they'd be getting that extra half billion or billion dollars a year, whatever it was they were after, and, and more people would be leaving the state. But they wouldn't care. They'd be perfectly happy because they'd have the extra money to maintain their way of life as elected officials, to have plenty of money to buy new votes with and plenty of money to maintain the the voters who have expectations of government largesse benefiting them. So we're talking to Mike Leibowitz about how America is supposed to work and how we can uh, recondition ourselves in terms of our expectations so that we can have a form of government that works for us. So uh, continue, Mike, breaking down how this would work.
3: Okay, I actually thought would like to challenge something that you just said, and I, okay. I don't even think you. I think you're probably not even conscious of it. So you said that the government robs us blind for no good reason, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that the the premise there that needs to be challenged is that there ever could be a good reason, mm-hmm. because there is no good reason for them to rob us blind. Yep. The, the the thing is, is each person or each organization thinks that their noble ideal warrants the robbing of the people. W- what they believe is the greater good means that some people deserve to be robbers and others deserve to be robbed. So what
2: you're saying is there needs to be an absolute prohibition, a a, yes. a system based on the idea that, Government shouldn't get our money. nobody should get our money at the point of a gun and and that's how you started off and i wasn't I wasn't saying what I said in order that I disagree with that in any way or because I was slipping. I was saying it because I wanted to bring people on the journey back from where we are and understand that they tell us stories. It's a different dynamic i think when when people can understand that the government is laughing at us. They are conspiring to trick us into going along with the most offensive things like the government shuts ends for covid which were not only were unnecessary but were damaging on so many different levels and people are so naive and so accustomed to all this that they judge it in retrospect as having gone fairly well it's totally bizarre but it has to do with conditioning and and i i want to walk people back through those ideas that none of this is necessary on
3: any level no it's not and i can almost feel the callers thinking right now, well, then what are we going to do about roads and schools?
2: Well, if wait we a second. We haven't they, said that yet for them no. to.
3: But they, but we have said, what we've said is that force should be banned. And we've said that taxation is a form of force. Right. And so, so people would instinctively in a knee jerk fashion, and it's because of the very condition you talked about, they say, well, then what are we, what are we going to do about roads and schools? First of all, it implies that the government should be doing something about roads and schools, which I reject out of hand.
2: Well, uh, and and that's another assumption that we've just gotten used to. Why should government be doing what should, you know, everybody has to think about what do we absolutely need government to do and then then have an argument with yourself about why you could be wrong. Because we assume that government has to do these things because we've gotten used to it. But either way, what if government—well, I think we're, we're jumping ahead of ourselves, though, and, and we have to go to okay. break in a couple minutes. So let's just let's just make this clear that what your argument is to us is that there should be no taxation unless it's money that's agreed upon, that people voluntarily yes. are giving. But you wouldn't mind if government was building the roads if— people were donating the money would you uh,
3: i would but for a different reason I, I if people voluntarily wanted to have the government build the roads ultimately there would be no injustice i still think it would be woefully inefficient to have them do it
0: mm-hmm.
3: but at least it wouldn't be based on theft but given that we're too short on time i want to drive this point home very clearly right Perhaps the worst thing I ever did in my life and something for which uh, I feel immense guilt now and will probably be sorry for the rest of my life. I tried to force a girl to be with me, right? I spent twenty. When you say
2: years to be now, with me, you're talking about to not um, break up with you?
3: Yes. My ex-girlfriend, I wanted her to be with me. She didn't want to be with me, so I had her boyfriend stabbed. For that, I served 25 years in prison, rightfully so. Everybody understands that that type of violence is totally reprehensible. It's heinous, right? Everybody understands that people need to be able to choose who they want to be with, and when they choose who to be with, they'll be safe. And I agree, and that's all I want for everybody. Everybody should be free from violence. Everybody right, but but
2: but people floor. are people, as you said, don't view taxation as violence. They see it as a normal part of life. You can look at every country in the world and either either it it is happening violently that the government or the powerful are taking your money, or it's happening through us an agreed upon system. How do what's the thing that people can know that would be maybe release them from that habitual agreement and that sense that it's okay for them to take our money and to waste it. And and I think it's important to say that they have absolutely no respect for the fact that they've taken hard earned money. They flitter it away and and they cause incredible amounts of debt to fall upon us while claiming to do beautiful things for us. And I, I think understanding that, that evilness, is a necessary part of being able to um, to be pulled away from this feeling that, oh, you know, they, the, the government has to tax us.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
0: Go listen to the Todd Feinberg podcast on the Odyssey app.
2: Good afternoon, it's WTIC. So, let me catch you up. In America, it's supposed to be a free country. But part of freedom is economic freedom that is to be able to keep the fruits of your own labor and to be able to decide what to do with your life. We're now in a situation where half of what people make is taken by the government, probably more, I guess, when you combine all of the federal and state taxes and the sales taxes and the, and the compassion taxes. And, you know, the, the end result is government owns us, and we don't have any money for living our lives, most people. And that's because the government takes it and uses it in ways that benefit the people who occupy the government, not the people who pay it. And that's simply an obvious fact of life, so obvious that I've been playing for, uh, for five years now, four years, a uh, tape of Dan Malloy, former governor, explaining why he wasn't able to do anything with his near-record tax increases that he passed twice in the state, that there's just no, no money left over to do anything except pay the bills of government because they have created such a deep hole for themselves debt for moving into the future that they can't pay the debt service on and that situation with government is across the board in this country the Connecticut is the worst but the country is 31 trillion in debt so we obviously need to get government under control and we would do this with principles. So we have Mike Leibowitz here who studies government philosophy, and in particular this idea of of no taxation. The taxation should be a voluntary thing. And we're discussing how that would work and, and why it's justified. So, Lebo, how would the, this system work? The obvious questions are how would the society function, all those things the government does now that it wouldn't be able to do because it would have no money, what would... How would we get things accomplished, like building roads or running schools?
3: Okay, before I get to that, I just want to back up a little, because something occurred to me while while I was on hold. And that's this, that we ultimately have a government right now where the the way that it runs is politicians rob some people to buy votes from others.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Right. The, The reason that I think that this is such an effective policy is because of something called the Pareto Principle named after an Italian economist who basically taught that 20 percent of the people do 80 percent of the, the work, or 20 percent of the people produce 80 percent of the stuff. So you then have 80 percent of the people who can vote in politicians who can rob the 20 percent. There's simply far more people that are not producing than are producing, which is why this strategy has been so successful, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's quite that clean a thing, though, because there are certain groups of people who are productive and still like to get special favors from the government.
3: Oh, yeah, and there's plenty of people that, that are middle class who don't want to seek to rob anybody. I, I'm not saying it's a binary thing where you have 20 percent. that Well, you made it
2: sound that way, so I think it's important oh, okay, to clarify. Well, okay.
3: I, I apologize. I can understand why, why it would come across that way. My only point is that when 50% of the population, which is about what it is, pays no federal income tax and are able to reap the rewards of voting to to confiscate the wealth of those who do, you have a serious problem on your hands.
2: Yes, but, you know, even those people aren't paying any federal income taxes are paying plenty of uh, state taxes. Oh, they get robbed,
3: too,
2: yes. So so it's important not to, when you can avoid it, to... uh, uh, avoid using terminology that makes people feel like you're judging some of the people. And and because uh, everybody's victimized by this system of government, I think.
3: Well, I think you're right that everybody is victimized by it, Todd. But I will say this. I have zero problem with judging the type of people who vote to rob other people, whether it be for envy or because they want free stuff or, or anything else. I'm not saying that everybody you know, or, or does that. I'm just saying that the only way that these politicians are getting into office is because somebody's voting them in. Yes, but most of the
2: people, uh, the point of this conversation is that most people don't know what the scam is. And if you don't know what the scam is, you know, if you're walking up the street and there's some guy doing the trick with the shells there, and you don't don't know or there's a magician doing tricks and you're placing bets on whether he's going to be able to, you know, whether the woman is going to be cut in half and dead or whether she's going to be, uh, fine after he cuts the box in half. If you don't know that there, this is a, a trick, then you can't really be blamed until you've had it pointed out or until you've suffered the consequences of it, obviously enough that it becomes glaring to you.
3: Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I just, I think there are people, whether they know the whole game or not, are perfectly comfortable with voting in politicians who are going to rob other people well that's I mean, true whole... but
2: it's because they've been swayed by other arguments that are focused on and these arguments aren't focused on and and that comes down to the politics you know for some reason that I think is uh, we c- we can make some assumptions about why Republicans don't point a finger more clearly at how government works and what governments up to because uh, they don't want to be blamed by the people who are benefiting from the scam the scam has now as intended become something that has such a stranglehold on government that the the people who might be telling us the truth about what's going on in government because they know about it are afraid to for the uh, what would befall them if they pointed it out
3: you know Todd it's interesting that you mentioned the Republicans because there's an analogy that I'd like to make when Brent McCall and I wrote the book Down the Rabbit Hole, what we quickly realized was that both inmates and staff benefit from the status quo. That ultimately, inmates and staff inside prisons are on the same side, and that they don't want extreme change to take place because they like the way they're comfortable are.
2: in the lazy lifestyle that doesn't expect them to uh, to to be improved and to be uh, ready to operate in the outside world when they get released.
3: Yes. And I think it's a similar thing. I think Democrats and Republicans, and I'm not talking about Republican voters now. I'm talking about the Republican Party, Republican politicians and Democrat mm-hmm. politicians. I think they benefit from the status quo. Yes. Everybody's doing that.
2: well who's inside the government.
3: Well, 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 sure. And as long as you have issues that are never going to get resolved, but that they can get up there and argue about and yell about and pound their fists. Inevitably, they all vote to raise taxes. They all vote to increase the debt ceiling. They all vote for spending. And by all, I don't mean each and every politician. I mean that all the par- both parties are responsible for the growth and the size of government. And they continue it, and they continue to benefit from it. They get wealthy, and nothing changes. They can come out, and they can pound their fists and pretend to be for small government and say, we need it. We, we've got to cut taxes. We need to deregulate. But when they get their opportunity, they don't do it. And I think that's because they benefit from how it is.
2: Well, but they're that's also it. scared of what would happen if they did. So they could promise it, and then they get there, and they say, "Well, how do I get reelected?" And sure. that's what they're worried about most. So, so explain to us how government would function without
3: well taxation. First of all, you have to you'd have to figure that there'd be a lot less things for government to be doing. Yeah, like the. the
2: well, the, but the society would would still have them to do. So that's part of okay, how yeah. would it so all function.
3: Society will still have them to do, but I want you to think about, and this gets back to your point about the conditioning. When somebody says, well, if the government's not taxing people, who's going to build the roads? Well, just imagine if the government had always been producing shoes, and all of a sudden you said, listen, there's no reason for the government to be producing shoes. Then somebody comes along and says, wait a second, we can produce shoes on our own we can do this we don't need the government and i think it's a similar thing i think that private industry would figure that sort of thing out the only proper function of the government in that case would be the national defense and the protection of property rights of its citizenry so you'd be talking about a, a far lower cost first of all So you also have – there are smart people out there who understand that those types of services are necessary so you can rely on voluntary contributions. For those people who say, no, well, people won't voluntarily give, the only thing I could say is, well, then how do, do waitresses and waiters get tips? because nobody's forcing customers to give them tips.
2: Yeah, the but world would be expected. so much lovelier for us if we had all that money in our pockets, and then yeah. we had the discretion to go out and drive the markets that we felt were most important, to, to invest in the services that we needed. And the, the whole culture would be developed around that understanding and that expectation that we, ha- that we got to make the world the way we wanted it, Instead of having political figures who who act like uh, like like bank robbers effectively and but but do it while they're telling us that they're making nice things happen
3: for us. Yeah. and, And just, you know, as a kind of an aside, but on the topic here. The government doesn't exactly do a great job with education or a great job with the roads. They're constantly complaining how, you know, you have potholes. There's always construction on the roads. We, you know, Lamont's arguing that we needed tolls because they got to update the infrastructure. So it isn't like they've been doing this great job, you know, for X amount of years since they started using tax money to build roads and build schools. Those things aren't doing so great. And if you compare the you know, public and private schools, private schools, are more efficient, more cost-effective, better results. And there's zero reason for me to think that it wouldn't be the same thing with roads if there were private roads.
2: All right, let's leave it there for today. Michael Leibowitz, thank you for uh, talking about this, because I'm trying to get my own head around it, and I want to be able to uh, get everyone's head around it. So we will have lots of conversations about how to convert our system of government over to something that is not robbing us blind.
3: Thank you very much, Todd. Have a good day. Leibowitz, thank you.
2: And thank you for thank you for getting out as well. It's nice having you here. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Can you fathom a society? Imagine a state of Connecticut that doesn't owe tens of billions of dollars in debt, like a mortgage, a big mortgage for over a hundred billion dollars that you have to pay. It's debt that you carry that politicians have run up and they don't even talk about. They don't like to mention it. In fact, they like to trick you and make you feel like everything is fine because they balanced a budget inside of a budget year rather than talking about how they've run up a debt that is unpayable. That's where we are. And we need something dramatic, but the thing that makes the most sense is the thing we were supposed to have the whole time and that is a system of government that respects that the money is ours not theirs. Thoughts please 8605229842. Stay with us on WTIC.
0: Now back to the Todd Feinberg show live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080.
2: Yeah, it's WTIC. What, is there a way you can imagine us ever having a healthy government? Can you even conceive of such a thing? And if you were sitting around designing it right now, if you had that power, like if you were on some commission, what if there were uh, 10 people randomly? No, less? Okay, let's try six. Let's say there are six people randomly selected to serve on a panel that was going to redesign government with a new philosophy of taxation how would you design it so we wouldn't be plundered all the time if you were one of those six people you know you had the magic wand how, what would you do my I look at this and I say there's. we can't trust government with anything whatever they are given they will spend years, decades, centuries trying to undo any restrictions on the amount of taxation. I think this is why Thomas Jefferson talked about how you needed to spill blood every so often if you wanted to maintain the country. I think he just looked at it and said government is so evil by its very nature, it's looking to take more all the time, and it will only grow. And if we look at our history, has government over any significant period of time reduced in size? Or has it just gotten bigger, 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 bigger? All the while arguing about why it needs to get bigger, 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 bigger on top of the bigger, 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 bigger that's already happened. I'm fed up with it. I can't stand it anymore. I can't stand that people don't understand that this is the worst kind of mafioso that's ever been set upon a people. The amount of money that has been squandered in this country and in this state to the utter destruction of those entities and to our possibilities for the future is mind-boggling. And everybody goes along with it. I feel it's time for that to be over, so I'm, I'm, I was very resistant to this idea that there should be no forced taxation, but now I'm totally down with it. There is no other way to operate a government. That's what I'm positing. And I'd like to hear, if you've got an argument why you think that's a bad idea, I'd love to hear it. But I can't think of a reason it's a bad idea. Can't think of anything that could be as bad as what we have right now. But perhaps you disagree. Perhaps you like what we have right now. Is that possible? You think it's fine? I know most people don't. Even people who are supporters of having services provided by government. Can you imagine how much money there would be in the world, though, if you didn't? What if government just didn't do much of anything, Had, was very, very limited, the way Libowitz wants it to be, in its range of activities? Can you imagine how wealthy we would be and what a beautiful thing that would be? oh my imagine if you had twice as much money to spend each year think about it it's a ton of money if everybody was walking around with can you imagine the kind of things there would be that you could spend your disposable income on the kind of incredible economic activity we would have and why would that be a bad thing 8605 229842. I can't think of a reason.
1: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.